Hi guys, welcome back for another episode of Unfiltered. I am back with the wonderful Mark Andrew Reddy. He is up in Sydney, I'm on the South Coast and we are coming to you via Zoom. Hello Mark. Hello Mia, how is it down there? Beautiful. That was a little bit of a gross 90s radio presenter intro that I just did for you. I, I liked it. I thought oh, it thank you, love. How's Sydney? What am I missing? Beautiful. The weather's really, really nice up here. So I think it's kind of like that everywhere. But um, you're not really missing it much. They're looking like they're going to ease restrictions further this week. So um, life. Can you will... get to a nightclub? Well, actually, I went to um, a bar the other day and they oh. had drag shows but everyone had to sit down so you know the music would start people would start to get up and then you'd be excuse me please sit down so it was it was kind of interesting how on earth did you exercise self-restraint near a d floor uh it was really hard especially because i was drinking so um (laughs) and drinking and dancing and but not singing dancing in my seat as well so yeah lots of arms action exactly yeah i'm guessing lots of pointing yeah, lots of pointing. Lots yeah, yeah. Of, uh, but you know, you know, I saw people make out. Like it was all. It was still like a nightclub, sitting down. So weird. <laughs> yeah, it was strange. What if we all went in in like electronic scooters or something where we were sitting down? Could we then dance on the dance floor in the scooters? I don't know if you can drink and drive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would work. What if it was just a little seat with wheels? It wasn't motorised. You know what would happen? There'd be like Zoom car rallies around the <laughs> club. There would be, you know, people pushing each other around. Like it would be manic. It's a new world, doll. You've got to adapt. That's true. That's true. But uh, not yet. So speaking of bars and nightclubs, a.k.a. places where you drink alcohol, um we thought that we'd do an episode. This is actually something you suggested, which I thought was really lovely and supportive. Um, Talking about my decision. Well, it was really late last year when we got back from Lord Howe, but I didn't talk about it until a few weeks later uh, to initially cut out alcohol. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously when I first saw you put up an Instagram post saying, you know, I'm giving up alcohol, um, I initially thought, and because I think it's so ingrained into Australian culture that, mm. you know, what do you mean you're not drinking? You know, is everything okay? Like, do you have a problem? Um, you know, and immediately those questions come up straight away. Um, and so, but then I kind of know you and I thought, well, no, I don't think she has a problem. But it is, you You of course do want to ask, you know, is it is it medical or is it, um, something else, mental, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's also a really awkward thing because for, for other people, because they almost, you know, it's almost embarrassing if you ask those questions and it's just because, um, because you just want to give up alcohol. Yeah. It almost brings up your thing with alcohol in a way by making those assumptions and leading questions. So, <laughs> Um, so, you know, it's like, oh, oh, but she, why, I mean, she drinks like I drink, like, is, do I have a problem? You know? So, um, so I think, I guess what, why did you decide to make that post and, and yeah, initially? why? Well, I found, I found the reaction of people I knew really interesting. Like you were really supportive, left a really nice comment and, um, like called me, but I did notice within like 24 hours of the post going up, 
my one friend Katie from San Francisco had liked it. And I was like, oh, maybe people who are close to me think this is really weird, which I found really odd because I have talked about so much deeply personal stuff on the internet. This seemed like nothing. Like I've talked about my eating disorder. I've talked about PTSD. I've talked about my you know, suicide attempt. I've talked about so much personal stuff, which is part of what I do on the internet. I, I ironically do have a bit of a boundary. Like obviously I don't share an awful lot about my family and my friends and my relationships, but in terms of my mental health experiences, I've always been really transparent, but on this subject, people had so many interesting reactions. Um, and then I was sort of like reading up about people coming out and talking about maybe wanting to give up alcohol and talking about that publicly and that they've had a similar experience that it's this one area where people have a really interesting reaction kind mm. of encompassing what you just mentioned. Like it makes people a bit aware of their own stuff and, you know, does that mean that you have a problem? Do they have a problem? And it's like, it's a big awkward subject, which I find really fascinating, but yeah, I just made the post because uh, I noticed that alcohol was affecting my anxiety. Anxiety is part of my mental health experience. I talk about my mental health experience online. It kind of just made sense to me to talk about it. So why did you decide to give up alcohol? What, what are some of the behaviours that you were noticing about yourself? Like give us a sort of a day in the life of drinking with Mia and, and why uh, you came to this decision. Well, that's the thing. It's really tame. And I think you would know that, that I don't drink like more than maybe once a week when we go out together. But, and you know, I'm an introvert. How, how often am I like out, out? No, not often at all. No. And, and if I go out one night, I need like a week or two to put myself back together. Yeah. And I mean, look, I, I, I'm sort of similar in that. Um, I only drink on weekends. Okay. Yeah. I will have a wine if I'm going out for dinner somewhere. But, you know, recently, like I went out for dinner with a few friends and we didn't drink because we're just over it. You know, like it's like, you know, summer parties, boats, you know, dinners, birthdays, everything, you know. Anyone would think COVID had uh, evaporated. But, you know, life is still social yeah. in Australia. So um, I think um, I guess with the anxiety, so you know, you drink alcohol, is it the next day that there's anxiety? Um, really hardcore the next day. But what I noticed was that it wasn't just happening the next day. It was happening the night of, which you've seen that happen to me a couple of times yeah. in the last six months where I will get to a certain point and I'll just be like, I just want to go home. Like I just, I feel awful. I feel like my mood is really low, not scary low, but just not naturally low. Um, and then I'd wake up the next day, have chronic, chronic levels of anxiety, uh, be really quite down. And then the mm. next day I'd be fine. And so mm. I knew like nothing could have changed in a 24 hour period enough that this was happening for any other reason than drinking alcohol. Mm. And Without so, a doubt. Um, what are some of the, what are some of the reactions you got? So, I mean, from, you know, supportive to, Give us some examples. Um, like people messaging and being like, are you okay? Which is lovely. But I think like I, when I read back the post, I was like, oh, it's, I'm not really saying anything declarative. I'm just sort of asking questions, right? I didn't have the answers. I just knew 
I'd observed this pattern that my hangovers, uh, hangovers were getting worse, which they do as you get older and your body just isn't tolerating your stupid behavior anymore. Um, my hangovers were worse. My anxiety was worse. My sleep was getting worse. They were all mental health and physical effects that just weren't beneficial. And when I weighed that up against what I was doing, I was like, this just isn't worth it. So I thought that was the tone of the post, but of course there were people who were concerned, which was very kind. Um, I had so many people, Mark, on my Instagram message me and be like, I have just done exactly the same thing. I don't have a problem, but I've noticed alcohol makes me feel terrible. Um, I had so many people in my DMs and responding to my stories saying either I've done it and it was the best thing I did. Yep. I went back to drinking a little bit, but not, you know, nearly as much as before. Um, I had people who were like, nah, I just naturally stopped and never went back to it. I had people who said, I'm going to do this as well. So what I didn't realize is that there's actually a bit of like a, a sobriety movement out there at the moment. This whole idea that we have to hit rock bottom and we have to have a quote unquote problem before we address mm. something that makes us feel like crap. I kind of equate it to someone who diets chronically and it makes them miserable. They don't have to have an eating disorder to address that, right? So to me, it's like my drinking habits don't make me feel good. They don't feel worth it for what they do to my mental health. So why am I doing it? Mm. And there's this um, program that um, I've heard about called Hello Sunday Morning. I don't know if you've heard about that, but it's... um, Yes. Wasn't there a journo who like met that guy and she had a she was she was had a really severe drinking problem yeah yes she did um she was for channel seven i can't remember her name but she was a presenter on sunrise um and she but hers was bad i mean she was going to work yes um, intoxicated but functioning you know and um but um but it's interesting that program hello sunday morning it's not just um for people who uh, alcoholics or problem drinkers is actually for people who um, like they've got all these sorts of steps like um, you know it's like an app where you can um, almost plug in uh, how many drinks you're having and it can help you reduce the drinks there's also a thing about money how much money you save so all yeah. these that you can look at um, while moderating your drinking or thinking well god I've just saved you know enough for I don't know, I guess if you did it long enough, maybe a house deposit. So yeah, uh, I think it's interesting that there are, um, you know, apps and, and things going on to try and uh, encourage people um, to reduce their drinking. One thing I do, I guess for me, I mean, as much as I was supportive, I did have in the back of my mind um, because of my family's history with alcohol. Mm-hmm. So um, without you know, divulging too much information because, you know, it's, it's a private thing. But um, I have a very close family member who is an alcoholic because mm-hmm. once you are an alcoholic, mm-hmm. you are always an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that person uh, has been sober for, I think it's four years. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, had a problem for so long. Um, and obviously we were very, very happy when this person um, did go into rehab for two weeks and then eventually went on to AA and all sorts of um, other sort of, you know, things that help you. But uh, this person hasn't relapsed at all. But so my history with alcohol, my family's history with alcohol is, um, you know, concerning and one, to be honest, quite negative. So um, 
you know, I can recall, um, you know, um, fighting and, and sort of, you know, um, really awful, awful things that families go through, you know, and experiencing it myself. And it would happen around Christmas or Easter and, you know, big families get together and, you know, things go really wrong with alcohol. Like, mm -hmm especially when there's underlying problems because it is a depressant and um, people, you know, kind of hit rock bottom or they either go really happy or they really go low. So um, for me, alcohol has always been um, a sort of a very anxious topic um, mm. and stress. However, experiencing uh, a family member having a problem with alcohol has kind of done the opposite to me in that it's made me very aware of my drinking and, um, you know, if I have any sort of tendencies and I really don't, I, I can very much not drink and I can very much stop. And to be honest, sometimes I'm like, there's so much sugar in it and I just can't have any more, you know, it's, it's almost painful. It's like drinking, eating lollies. It's like when you have, it's like when you have too many beers yeah. and then like yeah. your stomach is so bloated. This is physically painful. Yeah. I've just ordered a chicken schnitzel or a burger and and uh, I've just had four beers and now I'm like so full, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and um, so for me, yeah, for me, it's, um, uh, it is purely social. I don't drink at home. Um, and uh, yeah, another thing, you know, as, as much as you've given up something, you know, like alcohol, I've given up social smoking, which is, yes. you know, for me it's important because, um, and just quickly for people who are listening, um, you know, when you're a smoker, you eventually give up smoking. Like that's eventually some, somewhat the goal in your head eventually. I feel like every smoker gets to that point at some point, whether mm -hmm. they're successful or not is another story. But, you know, there is that, oh, I should quit soon. I should quit. But for me, I can go a month without smoking or two months without smoking. Um, but then, you know, when I'm around people who also like a cigarette, um, and, uh, having some drinks, um, you know, I'll, I'll want one, you mm -hmm. know, I'll have one, and then it'll be true. And then, you know, then you're chain smoking and it's sort of like, what, what, I don't even like this. And the next day, um, you don't even, I have no craving. It's not like, Oh, I've just had a coffee. Now I feel like a cigarette. I've never really understood that either. The morning cigarette thing. Mm -hmm. I don't get um, but so in a way I'm lucky that I don't, I'm not actually addicted. It's the addiction to uh, having something in your hand while drinking and, and going outside and having those chats on balconies and, you know, those, um, you know, if you're going to Ark, you go out to Trash Alley, which mm -hmm. is a nightclub in Sydney, which is notorious for people just smoking on bins and it's got a cool vibe and all that. But, you know, in reality, it's foul, like it stinks and you can't breathe and your hair stings. Um, so, um, you know, and, and so far that has gone well, so that's good. But um, I want to also ask you, um, is, have you noticed, have you found it hard, you know, going to say social events and not having a drink at all? Uh, well, I didn't have a drink for weeks and then we had a friend's 40th last weekend and I, I didn't go into this thing being like, I am never going to drink again. I was like, I just want to see how I feel without it after a while. Like, how does my anxiety feel? How is my sleep? Um, what is it like to go, you know, get through Friday and not be like, 
oh, well, you know, it's Friday. I've had a stressful week. I'll have a drink. Like what, what would I do instead? Do you know what I mean? Like you said, it's all these ritual things that we just think that we should naturally do. Um, when it doesn't seem to be helping, it just seems to be making me feel worse. Uh, so, um, what was your question? <laughs> the question was, um, oh, have you had it hard to, um, to, Jesus, now I've forgotten the question. <laughs> Did you find it hard? Did you find it hard to socialize? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you can't tell that we're doing this at nine o'clock on a Monday. Um, so yeah, I, we obviously had our friend's 40th, which was a day picnic. So I was like, well, if I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. And it was in the park right near my apartment. And I, I didn't drink for like an hour or so. And then I was having a little bit of sparkling with a lot of orange juice and had like a drink in about an hour and a half and then had a couple more. And then I was home by like... Yeah. I was a, I was a real, I never, as you know, I love to close a party (laughs) and I got to like eight o'clock and I was like, I'm going home. Like I'm done. Um, and even that is a change for me. Um, where I, I do have a good time with my friends when I'm having a few drinks. And that was the other thing I wanted to explore. Like, what if I drank not at all? Or what if I drank less? Can I still have that amount of fun? Is it because I'm genuinely having fun or because I think it's fun. Do you know what I mean? Like I remember Mm. you and I went to, I can't say what event it is because if I say the event, it's going to be too obvious. But You and I went to something once for a friend and it wasn't a very fun night, but we drank in order to make it fun. Do you remember that? Oh, yes, I do. And that was like, that was almost like the beginning of my thinking about this, where I was like, how often do I go out and I'm actually not having a good time, but because of what's in my system, I think I am. You know, we've just breached the whole like name of our podcast, Unfiltered. But anyway. (laughs) What do you mean? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm not talking about the actual event. Well, look, we're filtering Um, gossip. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're not going. It's it's an anecdote. It's not gossip. Um, (laughs) But but that was the that was the first time when I was like, how often do I go out and Mm. sort of put the things in place which are meant to make it a good time and convince myself it's a good time and maybe it's not that great of a time. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? No, I do. I do know what you mean. I um, I. Uh, you know, I find this really interesting in that, um, you know, for example, in places like Portugal, um, you can, um, you can, I think you can't sell cocaine, but you can, um, you can have it on you and you can legally use it. Right. Yeah. And, um, and what I found interesting is that, um, um, you know, it's because those I think in Australia, the only reason people find it weird if people don't drink is because it's legal, right? Yeah. But I personally have, you know, seen people do drugs and seen people drink. And sometimes I would say the alcohol can be worse. Yes. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, not when it comes to, you know, heroin and, and, and meth, but, you know, the sort of the party drugs that you see out sometimes on the scene, whatever. Um seeing people do that, I think people with alcohol 
generally can become a more violent mm -hmm. and be more sort of emotionally unstable. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's just an observation. It's not always the case. Yeah. But, um, I think it's interesting that, you know, if, if someone turned around and said, you know, I'm not doing cocaine or I'm not doing um, party pills or anything like that, um, people generally say, oh, okay, yeah, you know, because it's legal. It's yeah. So and linking, linking back to what you said before, like one of the things that you and I bonded on over early on in our friendship, like 13, 15 years ago, was the fact that I, my, there's a um, history of alcohol abuse in my family as well. Like I have a descendant of mine a few generations back who died in their mid forties from chronic mm. alcoholism. Um, so it's, and it's, you know, within my family line in other places too. So I am convinced there's obviously a genetic thing there and not that I identify any of my drinking habits as problematic, but it is something I've always been conscious of. So if I didn't have that family, sort of like you, it's something I'm really conscious of where I think if people don't have that history that they're aware of, then they're probably not as paranoid's probably too strong a word, but it feels like you're hyper aware, right? Like, you know, what your boundaries are, you know, what your limits are, you know, what the problem signals are. Right. Um, so I think that it, me even feeling more anxious and feeling crappy when I drink was just like, well, then what on earth is the point of this? Right. Um, because I was just so hyper aware of how I drink and how it makes me feel because genetically, I am predisposed to potentially at some point having a problem with it. Um, mm. And I just, I've all, and in fact, ever since my like early mid twenties, mum remembers me always saying this. I've always said at some point I will not drink alcohol in my life. I just knew it from a young age. I it already made me feel like crap back then in terms of what it did to my sort of emotional regulation that I was like, at some point, I'm not going to want to do this anymore. Like it's fun in your twenties. So it's worth feeling like crap occasionally. Right. Uh, we've been doing this for so long. It's not fun anymore. And now I just feel like crap. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I sort of, uh, I don't really know, um, how I feel with, you know, giving up alcohol or whatever. I, um, at this stage have no sort of reason to, or any sort of, um, you know, like I haven't really had any sort of issues with it. It doesn't really make me anxious. Um, you know, I think um, a big weekend, you know, after a huge weekend, of course, I feel anxious, you know, on a Monday or Tuesday um, and tired and everything else and questioning life's decisions <laughs> but or indecisions. Um, but, yeah, I think um, uh, and, and so I guess going forward, how do you, how do you, if you are going to have a drink at a social event, you know, say a wedding or a 40th or whatever, um, how do you control it, I guess, and, and not get, say, taken away with the crowd? Because I think it's really hard to, you know, when everyone's kicking on or it's hard to show that level of restraint always. Well, I don't think, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's necessarily off the table that I don't do that occasionally. Right. Like mm. this, I'm not someone who's saying, I have an alcohol problem and I can never drink again. Mm. It's more of a curiosity thing. Like I'm, yeah. I, yeah. especially yeah. after yeah. the last year and a half I've had, it was just, 
the fact that, you know, my life is pretty crappy for a year and a half and I'm working really hard at the moment to make it not crappy and to take care of myself the best I can and to prioritize my mental health. And this seemed like the right thing right now for me to do, but if it's a wedding or a birthday or something, sure. But even in the first few weeks that I did it, like, you know, we were all at our friend's place for their birthday and more people were showing up later, right? Like it was still a party and I was like, nope, I'm done. That wouldn't have happened two months ago. Mm, I would have been like, yep, I'm going to stay because this is what I do. And even just by questioning it a little bit, I was like really tapping into myself and going, it's time for me to go home. And maybe I was ignoring those signals all that time and being like, this is just what I do. This is just how we drink and just not questioning it. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, interesting. I think, um, yeah, I, I do. I do think it's the whole debate around why someone gives up alcohol is, is fascinating. I think it all um, comes down to our culture and, you know, it's Australia day this week and, um, you know, the first thing you see is people absolutely going for the bottle. Yeah. That's, and that's part of the tradition. And, um, you know, why is that the case? I know in, in places like France and, um, you know, European countries, uh, children actually, like when they're about 16, they'll have wine with dinner or 15 mm-hmm. uh, with their parents at home. And their relationship with alcohol is very, very different. Yes. So, they go to nightclubs and stuff. And it's actually, I've actually had conversations with people overseas here and then finding it so strange that people just um, really go to town on alcohol. Like why? Yeah, we have, a, we have a huge binge drinking culture and binge drinking mentally and physically is so mm-hmm. bad for you. And so I think the other part of it is that, as you know, like I have a chronic illness, I have endometriosis. Um, and I want to have a baby in the next few years, you know, by the time I'm probably like 37, 38. So still a few years, but I've got to take care of what I've got until then. I've got a very severe case of endometriosis and I need to be able to get to a place where my body is capable of doing what I need it to do in a few years time. And drinking Mm. is not going to help that. No. Um, and I think, um, uh, you know, on that note of people, um, you know, treating alcohol differently overseas, I don't know why it is here that it is like that. I mean, maybe it's because we're a newer country. Maybe it's because we're a country of migrants. We're founded on a country of migrants, as in, you know, no, I'm not from here. You're not from here. Everyone that is, you know, in Australia is not from Australia. They all come from all sorts of parts of the world so maybe it's that whole new you know the fact that we're a new country and and it, and it was sort of a mishmash of people coming from everywhere when australia sort of you know um came to its own so i don't know it's it's an interesting it'd be interesting to know why that is the case yeah i think it's i think it's in part because we've inherited a very british culture and True. as you know having lived in london as well there is a big drinking like they would say that we were big drinkers like all the people I knew in London and I was like we have nothing on you guys (laughs) they were out of control the people who I would go out with in London I mean I couldn't do it now I would die right they're they're the ones that sort of invented the pint I think yes I think Um, so because in Australia we have schooners which are smaller but we also now increasingly have pints but I remember 
about 20 years ago, it was hard to get a pint. It yes. wasn't that easy. Um, and then in Melbourne, they have middies, which are even smaller than schooners. So, I mean, a midi is like a thimble. I don't even know what the, what the point of that is. It's like an extended shot. But um, Unacceptable. Yeah. Unacceptable. There we go. Problem with drinking. I mean, I'm already questioning why. why <laughs> do this. So, it's um, catching. It's infectious, it doll. Is. Anyway, um, so look, I want to thank you for sharing that because I think it's interesting and um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it goes for you. And, and like I said, I think as well, just on a sort of a final note, um, you know, I don't think this is a time for people to jump on you, you know, if you have a drink or... No! Um, but I think there is that too. I think, I, I, I think that is part of this... Um, movement is there is a bit of shaming with it sometimes too you said and it's like yes I said but this is all an evolving situation so yeah it's um, just like I'm just also figuring it out it's very 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 um you know black and white sometimes and it's not really it shouldn't be like that so um yeah uh, I look forward to hearing about that too yeah I'll (laughs) keep you updated doll and if anyone out there particularly women, because, I mean, you can read this book, whether or not you're a woman, obviously, or whatever gender identity, um, however you identify yourself. Um, But there's a great book that I started reading in December, which sort of helped to push me to just be a bit curious about this stuff, which is Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker. Excellent uh, book. She's um, at Holly on Instagram. uh, And it will just get you thinking. And she's got great research in there about how alcohol affects our mental health, our anxiety, our uh, mood regulation, our distress tolerance, and it's fascinating. So if anyone is curious, that is a bit of a nerdy resource for you. Cool. Yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. Double cheers to you. (laughs) With my kombucha. Yes. um, And we will be back next week. We will indeed. See you guys.